Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we are finishing up our positional analysis for the upcoming 2023 fantasy football season with our breakdown of the tight end position. We are going to go through our rankings and our tiers at the tight end position for the 2023 season. So we're not only going to give stats and numbers as to why we have each guy ranked where they're at, but we're also going to talk about draft strategy as well as kind of a more mathematically based breakdown of how you can draft the tight end position in the smartest way possible using these tiers. All right. So that does it for the introduction. Let's go ahead and dive right into it and start with our number one overall tight end for the 2023 season. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. All right, so tier one at the tight end position for the 2023 season is one man and one man only, and that is Travis Kelsey. He is the undisputed tight end one for the 2023 season. And I can just go on all day as to why he should be that. He's finished as tight end one in four of the last five seasons. Last year, he led all tight ends in targets, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. And he ranked third among all tight ends in target share last season, as well as air yard share. And so I think you're getting a guy that is part of a great passing offense, is going to see a lot of volume in this passing offense, and is just going to be able to rack up fantasy points for you. In my opinion, no draft pick is too early for Travis Kelsey. I would be totally on board with drafting him with your first round pick. And I think that the math supports that. And also, if you're wondering why he's the only one in my tier one, because he's the only one that I would draft in the first round. That is why. So let's talk about the math as to why Travis Kelsey might make sense as a first round draft pick. So in 2022, Travis Kelsey averaged 5.9 more fantasy points per game than tight end two. So in other words, he scored 144% of the points relative to tight end two. This is the same gap from tight end one to tight end two as at other positions, quarterback one all the way down to quarterback seven, running back one all the way down to running back nine, and wide receiver one all the way down to wide receiver 12. So in other words, you're getting a guy who pretty much just is head and shoulders above the rest of his position. And even if in a draft, in the first round, second round, wherever, even if you get it right and you draft the best running back or the best wide receiver, guess what? The gap from the guy that you drafted in that round, the first round, maybe the second round, to the guy you could have gotten in the third or fourth is probably not as big as the gap as Travis Kelsey to the next available tight end. It's just that substantial. And when you look at it over the course of a whole season, he scored double the points of tight end 10. So like the bottom tier starter in a 10-team fantasy league, Travis Kelsey was doubling that up on a weekly basis. In fact, in terms of roster construction, I like Travis Kelsey for this reason. You're getting a guy at the tight end spot who is pretty much going to outscore your opponent every week. If you don't think that that actually happened, well, go back and look it up. Travis Kelsey was a top three tight end more often last season than he was not. So if you're coming in the top three of your position group pretty much every week, then that means that you're going to be outscoring your opponent at that position pretty much every week, which just means that the rest of your roster just needs to tread water because Travis Kelsey is going to give you that advantage week in and week out. I advise going into drafts with this mindset of whether you know the spot you're in or not, having you know, the guys that you want to take in the first round. And if it falls to you and those guys aren't there, or you don't want to really reach for one of those guys, I have no problem taking Travis Kelsey in the first round. That's why I have him in my tier one tight ends. And I have him as the number six overall in my rankings for the 2023 season. Tier two of tight end. 
is another standalone tier. It is Mark Andrews of the Baltimore Ravens. In my opinion, he is the undisputed tight end two for the 2023 season. I think he is worth a third to fourth round pick, depending on how big your league is and depending on um, where your roster construction is at. If you're in a deeper league, I could actually make the argument for Mark Andrews to go in the second round. So Mark Andrews is currently the answer to a trivia question. He is the only active tight end to outscore Travis Kelsey in a season when he finished his tight end one in 2021. Last year, Andrews regressed just a little bit. He ranked his tight end four overall and tight end three in fantasy points per game. The weird thing is, in 2021, a big reason why he finished his tight end one was because Tyler Huntley was playing for Lamar Jackson, and Tyler Huntley was just like spoon-feeding Mark Andrews like every time he dropped back to throw. And last season, it was like either... Huntley looked elsewhere or teams knew that he did that in 2021 and he did not have as much production when Tyler Huntley was under center. Mark Andrews did the meat of his production when it was Lamar Jackson playing quarterback. Mark Andrews' volume was still really solid in 2022. He ranked third among all tight ends in targets and first in target share and air yards at the tight end position. And also the Baltimore Ravens have a new offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin, who has promised to open up the offense a little bit more and, you know, kind of be a little bit more of a vertical passing game. And I think this could play into Andrews' strengths. So I think you're looking at a guy who has a really solid workload, is a huge part of his team's passing game, and that passing game volume may increase. Yeah, Mark Andrews is the obvious tight end two for me for the 2023 season. Tight end tier three is another standalone tier, and that is TJ Hawkinson of the Minnesota Vikings. In my opinion, he is worth a fourth to fifth round pick, depending on the size of your league. In standard leagues, I would say fifth round. In deeper leagues, I would say fourth round. Now, Hawkinson last year finished as tight end two overall and tight end four in fantasy points per game, but that doesn't tell the whole story because he was traded midseason to the Minnesota Vikings, and in his time with the Minnesota Vikings, Hawkinson ranked as tight end number three overall and in fantasy points per game while he was wearing that purple and gold. Now, in terms of total volume last season, Hawkinson ranked second among all tight ends in targets and fifth in target share. And also he saw a pretty, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sustainable season, I guess would be the right word to use. He's not due for any big time touchdown regression or anything like that as he finished his tight end three in expected fantasy points per game last season. I think TJ Hawkinson is a really solid target. I think he is head and shoulders above the rest of the tight end position, but I don't have him ranked quite highly as Mark Andrews. So I think that TJ Hawkinson is a pretty solid candidate for tight end three overall for 2023. My tier four is where it gets a little bit deep. I have in my tight end tier four, starting with tight end four, Darren Waller, five, George Kittle, six, Kyle Pitts, and seven, Dallas Goddard. I am referring to this tier as the Clash, as in the band out of England in the 1970s and 80s, because the Clash had a song called Should I Stay or Should I Go? And to me, this group epitomizes that. When you're looking at these guys, it's Should I Stay or Should I Go? All right, because this is the range to me where I need to feel confident about where I'm drafting them as opposed to just the fact that I'm drafting them. I do not want to reach for one of these guys. I do not want to, you know, look at my lineup and say, oh, I need a tight end. Who's the top tight end on the board and click? I want to feel good about getting them for their spot. And I also think that if I don't draft one of these four guys, I am going to opt with 
instead of the should I stay or should I go, I'm to, going to opt to go and draft a tight end in the much later rounds if I don't get one of these four guys. And so these are the four guys where I really think you have to make your stand as I'm either going to be early on a tight end or I'm going to be as late as possible on a tight end. But again, I don't want to reach for these guys either. I think that all four tight ends in this tier have a path to being a top three tight end in fantasy this season, but all of them also have their own individual drawbacks. So let's break it down. Darren Waller has been a top 10 fantasy tight end in fantasy points per game in each of the last four seasons, and he peaked his tight end two in that category in 2020. The drawback, he hasn't really been fully healthy since 2020. He, he's missed part of 21. He's missed part of 2022. And he's also playing for a new team, the New York Giants. However, I think that might play into his favor as the Giants do have a lot of targets that I think are up for grabs because their receiving core is just not that great. So I think Darren Waller could emerge as a really sound target for Daniel Jones. And if he's able to stay healthy, I really think Darren Waller has the most upside out of this tier. George Kittle is my tight end five. And last year, he was tight end three overall. But the drawback is he did most of his best work when Debo Samuel was inactive last season. When Debo was hurt, Kittle saw his target shares jump and he saw his fantasy points per game jump because of it. Um, but what I do like about George Kittle is he's been a super consistent option for pretty much the last half decade. He's been a top four tight end in fantasy points per game in each of the last five seasons. So while I do think that last year was a little bit fluky and I don't think he's going to repeat what he did last season, I still got him ranked as tight end five because he's been that top five fantasy tight end for the last half decade. Kyle Pitts is going to be my tight end six. And Kyle Pitts is the one of this group who was the big time disappointment last season. He finished his tight end 22 in fantasy points per game in the 2022 season. And this was after finishing his tight end six overall and tight end 11 in fantasy points per game in his rookie year in 2021. And y'all, it was a great rookie year for Pitts. He came into the league as pretty much one of the best prospects at the tight end position of all time because of how big and how fast he is. And Matt Ryan was able to find him a lot and he had a really successful rookie campaign. Last year, he gave us flashes of that. He had two weekly top 10 performances, and he did lead all tight ends in deep targets, but quarterback play let him down big time. He only had a catchable target rate of 59% with primarily Marcus Mariota throwing him the football. That's got to change this year. Desmond Ritter, I don't think Desmond Ritter is necessarily good, but I think he can give Pitts a better catchable target rate than 59 or 59% over the course of a whole season. Now, what I do like about Pitts was he was seeing a pretty solid volume prior to his season-ending injury last year. He ranked second among all tight ends in target share before that injury took him out for the season. Dallas Goddard is my tight end seven, and he finished 2022 as tight end 12 overall and tight end five in fantasy points per game. And he ranked as tight end four when after, or let me rephrase, when Dallas Goddard got injured in week 10, he ranked as tight end four before he missed a period of time. So Dallas Goddard was really rolling last season until he got injured. However, the Eagles offense is not a super high volume passing offense. We've never seen a massive ceiling out of Dallas Goddard, and he's still competing for targets with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. So I just couldn't have Dallas Goddard any ahead of Waller, Kittle, or Pitts, but I do think he belongs well above the next tier. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about tier five. And this is a big tier. This is Pat Fryermuth, David Njoku, Evan Ingram, Dalton Schultz, Cole Komet, Greg Dulcich, Dalton Kincaid, and Gerald Everett. Yeah, big tier. So I have this range all grouped pretty closely together in my overall rankings. So here is how I decided to have this tier and why it's so big. 
I do not want to go any deeper than this tier to secure a starting tight end, whether I am in a um, deep league, 10-team league, PPR, half PPR, whatever. I don't want to go below Gerald Everett at tight end 15 as my starter. And I also am not opposed to grabbing two from this tier. However, like I said about tier four, the draft strategy still applies. I don't want to reach for one of these guys. I don't want to look at my roster and see that tight end spot open and be like, oh, I got to take a tight end this round. Got to take Pat Fryermoves. No, I don't want to do that. I want to take one of these guys where I want to take them because I think that there's actually not that much of a difference between you know, the top of this tier, Pat Fryermuth, and the bottom of this tier, Gerald Everett. Like, for instance, would I rather end up with, say, Pat Fryermuth and, like, Zach Charbonnet the next round, or maybe end up with, like, Rashad Penny and then Elijah Moore and then Gerald Everett two rounds later? Like, I just think that with these guys, I think they're very similarly grouped together that I really want to wait on pulling the trigger on one of these as long as possible and get the guys that I want at the running back, wide receiver, and quarterback positions and then take one of these guys when I want to take them. I don't want to rush to fill that spot. All right, so let's go ahead and start breaking down the rankings for this tier, starting with my tight end eight, Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth finished his tight end seven last season after finishing his tight end 13 as a rookie. To me, he represents the high floor option in this group. Kenny Pickett is an improving quarterback, and Pat Fryermuth did his best work last season with Kenny Pickett at quarterback. So I do expect that Pat Fryermuth is going to continue to give you a pretty solid season with a solid amount of volume, but I don't think he necessarily has a super high ceiling. David Njoku is my tight end nine, and I think he's another option with a high floor. He finished 2022 as tight end 11 overall and tight end eight in fantasy points per game. And the Browns targeted the tight end position as a whole at the fourth highest rate in the NFL in 2022. The only downside for Njoku's sake is that some of those were shared with Harrison Bryant. But I do think that Njoku is a solid target. He seemed to work really well with quarterback Deshaun Watson at the end of last season. And the tight end eight in fantasy points per game finished last year gives me definite hope that he can return the favor and be another top 10 fantasy tight end in 2023. Evan Ingram is my tight end 10, and this is a little bit controversial because I definitely think that um, Evan Ingram is not going to see what he saw last season. Evan Ingram last year was tight end 5 overall and tight end 7 in fantasy points per game. However, Calvin Ridley is now a Jacksonville Jaguar. Well, I guess he's now an active member of the Jacksonville Jaguars now that he's done with his gambling suspension. And I just don't see Evan Ingram having the same target share or, you know, the same you know, average depth of target. Like I just don't see him getting the same volume and the same lucrative targets that he got last season. Now that Calvin Ridley is a part of this offense, I just don't see it happening. And so Evan Ingram is my tight end 10 for that reason. Speaking of guys who are not in the same situation as last year, Dalton Schultz is my tight end 11. Dalton Schultz has been a top 10 tight end in each of the last two seasons as a Dallas Cowboy. He is no longer a Dallas Cowboy though. He is now a Houston Texan. The good news is even if this Texans offense is bad, this Texans offense returned the lowest percentage of their targets from last season, meaning there's a lot of targets up for grabs. When C.J. Stroud ends up getting this starting quarterback job, he's going to be looking for somebody to throw to, and the receiving core is largely unproven in Houston right now. So I really think that Dalton Schultz could provide himself as a solid target for that rookie quarterback, and this team's going to be trailing in a lot of games, so I think they're going to be throwing the football quite a lot as well. So I think there's a decent bit of upside for Dalton Schultz. I don't think that what we saw in Dallas was a fluke, so Dalton Schultz is my tight end 11 for 2023. 
Cole Komet is my tight end 12. He finished 2022 as tight end 8 overall and tight end 16 in fantasy points per game. He was much better after the Bears reworked their offense. If you don't know what I'm talking about with that, check out the description in the YouTube video. I've been previewing all 32 NFL teams as the offseason has gone on and just kind of broken down where their offense was last season, what you can expect from their guys in fantasy this year. And so the Chicago Bears reworked their offense after week six last year, and there were much different splits from a lot of Bears players in that offense. And Cole Komet was much better after that reworking in week six. And Cole Komet had four weekly top five finishes from week six until the end of the season. So I do think that Cole Komet has a pretty high ceiling, and I think he's a great target in best ball for that reason. Greg Dulcich last year finished his tight end 17 in fantasy points per game, but displayed a lot of flashes with four top 10 weekly finishes and only nine starts. However, I'm going to kind of... Um, remain hesitant on Greg Dulcich. He's currently my tight end 13, but in the preseason, he has not been getting starters reps in the first, in the Broncos' first preseason game, so I'm a little bit hesitant on him right now. If the trend continues throughout the rest of the preseason or if things don't start looking better for Dulcich, he might have to tumble down the board a little bit, but as of right now, he is my tight end 13. Dalton Kincaid is my tight end 14. He was a first-round pick in the 2023 draft to the Buffalo Bills. Dawson Knox has finished is tight end 14 or better in each of the last two seasons. And the Bills have slot snaps up for grabs with Isaiah McKenzie no longer being a part of the team. So Dalton Kincaid, whether he's lined up at tight end, slot, wherever, I do think this Bills offense is a very lucrative one for pass catchers. And if he just takes over the Dawson Knox role, he can very easily pay off that price tag of tight end 14. Gerald Everett is my tight end 15, and it sounds like a knock, but I actually really like Gerald Everett. He finished his tight end 13 overall and tight end 11 in fantasy points per game last year, and he now has Kellen Moore as his offensive coordinator coming over from Dallas, who utilized the tight end position quite a lot in each of the last two seasons with Dalton Schultz, like we talked about earlier. So Gerald Everett right now, I might be inclined, sitting here recording this on a Saturday night, I might be more inclined to take Gerald Everett over Greg Dulcich, and I might be making that swap in my rankings if the preseason doesn't start trending in a better direction for Greg Dulcich. I really do like Gerald Everett. That is why he is the end of my tier five for tight ends. Tier six is going to be an interesting one. It is Juwan Johnson, Chiga Conquo, Sam Laporta, Hayden Hurst, and Irv Smith Jr. This tier, these are guys that I don't want to draft to be my starting tight end. I do not think they are dependable week in and week out fantasy starters, but I do think that they are guys who have some upside that if you draft them as your backup, whether you're in a deep league, 10-team league, whatever. If you draft them as a backup, they can definitely be bi-week fill-ins. They can definitely be injury fill-ins. They definitely give you some weekly and season-long upside. It's just a question of whether or not they're going to hit it. Juwan Johnson is my tight end 16, and he had a very quiet tight end 15 finish last year, and he now has a quarterback in Derek Carr who has historically targeted tight ends at a very high rate. Chiga Conquo was my tight end 17 of the Tennessee Titans. He became a full-time starter in week 13, and he ranked his tight end seven from week 13 through the end of the season. The only red flag here is that they signed DeAndre Hopkins in free agency, and surely DeAndre Hopkins is going to be stealing targets from all the Titans pass catchers. Sam Laporta is my tight end 18, and he's a rookie for the Lions drafted out of Iowa, and the Lions had TJ Hawkinson ranking at tight end five when he was traded away to the Vikings midseason. So we do know that this offense can support a top five tight end. Hayden Hurst ranked as tight end 19 in fantasy points per game last year in Cincinnati, while ranking only 24th in snap share. He now plays for the Panthers with Frank Reich as a 
coach who targets the tight end position quite a bit historically. Irv Smith Jr. is the new starting tight end for the Bengals, where Hayden Hurst ranked as tight end 19 last year. So that is where I have Hurst, or I'm sorry, that is where I have Irv Smith right now as tight end 19. And I also made one addition to this tier. Um, I had this as a typo on the PowerPoint. My apologies. Tyler Higby is the last guy that I'm going to put in this tier as my tight end 20. He ranked as tight end six last season for the LA Rams, but as very influx as the Rams offense was last year. I don't know how dependable that number is to go on. I do know if Matthew Stafford is healthy, he is a guy that Matthew Stafford looks for, but I don't necessarily want to draft him to be my starting tight end because of how uncertain the Rams entire situation is. So Tyler Higby does find himself here in my tier six of tight end. All right. Let's talk about the last tier. This is tier seven. I'm referring to this tier as the dart throw tier. These are guys that are most likely going to go undrafted in standard 10-team redraft leagues. In deeper leagues, yeah, they're going to get drafted. In best ball leagues, yeah, they're going to get drafted. But I have no problem just throwing a late-round dart at one of these guys and seeing if it sticks and maybe you get lucky, maybe you don't whatever. It's your last pick, right? If you like one, I don't have an issue with drafting one. Just know that these guys are more than likely going to be available on the waiver wire. So it's a big tier. Starting with tight end 21, Mike Gesicki, Michael Mayer, Taysom Hill, Dawson Knox, Hunter Henry, Zach Ertz, Trey McBride, Jake Ferguson, Logan Thomas, and Jelani Woods. Holy crap, let's break them down one by one so this makes more sense. Mike Gesicki, could reportedly be used all over the field for the Patriots this season, and he's ranked as a top 15 tight end in three of the last four seasons. Michael Mayer is a rookie out of Notre Dame for the Las Vegas Raiders in an offense that historically has used the tight end quite a bit with offensive play caller Josh McDaniels. I also really liked Mayer as a prospect coming out of Notre Dame. I think he's going to be a really good NFL player. Might not be this year because rookie tight ends are historically not a great bet, but I really do like the future for Michael Mayer. Taysom Hill is still a thing. Like If you can get him at tight end, like He's a guy that you can just plug and play, and maybe he just runs for two touchdowns. Maybe he catches a touchdown, whatever. Like the New Orleans Saints are still going to use him. Like he's still a part of that offense. So I got to put him somewhere, and I have him right here behind Michael Mayer. Dawson Knox is my tight end 24. He does still play for Buffalo, even though they drafted Dalton Kincaid, and Dawson Knox was still tight end 14 last season. If the Bills end up using Kincaid in more of a slot and kind of rover type role, then Dawson Knox can definitely be um, a fantasy relevant player, so I have him as my tight end 24. Hunter Henry is my tight end 25. He ranked his tight end 22 last season after two back-to-back finishes as a top 15 tight end before that. Rumor has it that Mac Jones has been targeting Hunter Henry quite a bit. I don't know if that pans out, but I mean, it's worth taking a final round pick on. Zach Ertz and Trey McBride are next up. They both really had some success during their turn as tight end one in Arizona last season. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know when Zach Ertz is coming back, but if one of them ends up playing, one of them could definitely end up being a top 10 tight end. Jake Ferguson is the new tight end one in Dallas with Dalton Schultz being gone. Certainly a lucrative role. Logan Thomas is taking over the Travis Kelsey role in the Eric Bieniemy new look Washington Commanders offense. And Jelani Woods did not play full-time as a rookie for the Colts last year, but one game where he did play full-time and have a full snap share, he was tight end two in week 12. Again, another guy definitely worth a dart throw. So, tier seven. Those guys are mostly guys you could probably find on the waiver wire, but I'm not opposed to drafting one late in drafts. 
Now, that does it for the tight end position for 2023. If you like what you saw on YouTube, please hit the like button. It really shows me a lot of support, and I really do appreciate it. If you are watching on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button. You'll be notified when new episodes drop. Like the rest of our season-long fantasy football content. Like all of our weekly golf and college football content as well. If you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else, please rate and review. really shows me a lot of support. really helps me out a lot. And visit signupexpert.com slash Mike's Picks to get the best promo codes for DFS and sportsbook sites. We are now partnered with SignUpExpert. You can head on over to that site. You'll automatically get the best promo codes and offers for new users on all DFS and sportsbook sites. And it'll show me some support if you sign up through my link. So if you're interested in trying out any new site, you sign up expert.com slash Mike's picks and my full rankings and draft guide for all positions are available on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's money picks. All right. That does it for the tight end position. I will still be having a few more episodes before the start of the 2023 season, but that does it for the positional breakdowns. Make sure you catch the all 32 team breakdowns. I'm done with 24 of them and make sure you go back and rewatch the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver positions before your fantasy draft. Hopefully, I was able to give you guys some good information here in this one that will help you draft the right tight end in the right spot for the 2023 season. Thank you guys for watching and listening. I will see you next time.